You start the morning with the pitch this morning? No, I started the morning uh, by sleeping in a little bit to 7.02 and uh, had uh, quite a few uh, milliliters of pour-over coffee <laughs> and then made my way to the restaurant. As it goes, as it goes, you got to, you still have, you have your espresso machine ready? I do, I do. <laughs> I, uh, I I definitely had an espresso when I got to the restaurant too. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that started, that that's what I do now. <laughs> oh, you know, when I cut myself, I bleed crema and, uh, and espresso. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Man, um, so really what I wanted to do here is uh, I wanted to bring you up and, uh, you know, obviously you're a staple in the, the barbecue community, uh, not only here in Texas, but... Just uh, like white bread. <laughs> <laughs> but around the world. Everybody, you know, if anybody thinks about Texas barbecue, a lot of them, you know, they're thinking about Aaron Franklin first off, and then there's a bunch of other ones they can go to as well. But, you know, you're the one that brought it. Brought it home, <laughs> I feel like. Very interesting. Very interesting, interesting take. <laughs> <laughs> well, there has been a long tradition of, te- of barbecue here in Texas, but um, it has kind of changed. I grew up uh, smoking brisket uh, f- <laughs> for at 200 degrees for hours well, and, and hours and hours. Thing. And it's like, yeah. oh, low and slow. You got to cook it low and slow. You got to dry it out nice and You got to cook it for 27 hours <laughs> yeah. at 112 degrees. <laughs> yeah, it takes a whole new meaning to cold smoke. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And then it ends up drying it out uh, over time, and then uh, you've got to use the sauce, which sauce is great and all, but uh, if you cook your brisket right, uh, the saying goes, well, you don't need it. F- fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, and the sauce is the savior, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, it could be, could be. You don't want it to be, but it is. So, um, Really, uh, how'd, you, how'd you get started in this whole barbecue thing? I mean, this, that's the most cliche question that anybody can ask you. But Yeah, it's kind of a weird one. It is, because, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're such a smart guy. Uh, you could have gone so many different routes. You, you're a musician first. Could you, I have, though? I think, I mean. In, in <laughs> I mean, I'm really good at drywall. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, really, I, I kind of got started. Well, I, I should go back to when I was about nine or ten or twelve or, or something. Oh, please My do. parents <laughs> actually had a barbecue restaurant, okay. um, so I kind of grew up there. And that was really not my that wasn't my first job. My first job was at a record store that my grandparents owned. Um, That's where the music came in. That's where you, absolutely. Yeah. My grandfather was a pedal steel player, oh, sweet. and um, but uh, yeah. So my parents had this barbecue restaurant for a few years. So I just really loved it, you know. And I worked prep in the back. I cut the onions. I worked lunches. And, uh, yeah, it was just the coolest thing ever. I didn't – somehow I didn't quite realize how hard they were really working. I thought it was, like, just a cool little place. You know, it was real, like, kind of, like, Smitty-style, like, brick pit, like, fire on the floor kind of deal. So I kind of built up the nostalgia for it and then yeah. skip ahead to probably, like, 2001-ish, give or take a year. Um, you know, my uh, now wife, then girlfriend, got our first place together – and uh, that had a backyard, and was like, oh, I'm going to go buy myself an offset barbecue pit. So I went to Academy Yo, man. and uh, got a $99 <laughs> cooker. It was real nice. Yeah, nice and thick um, steel. I was also it. real poor, so that was a real – Oh, yeah. Uh, that was a big it's one. a huge purchase at that point. Oh, yeah. It was, it was the purchase of a lot. I mean, I lived on like $12 a week. <laughs> you know, I mean, I played, played bands. Um, but uh, so I bought that thing. I remember I called my dad. and was like, hey, I'm going to go buy brisket. How do I cook this thing? He's like, I don't know. Just cook it till it's black on the outside, and it, it should be fine on the inside. <laughs> so like, he didn't. You don't cook now the same way he cooked back no, then. No, yeah. no, no. Turns out I didn't know this, but he didn't put salt or pepper on it. He what just threw them on the smoker because it was like old East Texas style. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and they would just 
cover it up in sauce and stuff and take, you know, and actually, if you think about like the 80s and stuff, take the back of the knife, scrape off all the fat, flip the brisket upside down or technically right side up. <laughs> yeah. um, and then like slice it paper thin. It's like, yeah. I had no idea. I thought it was the best thing in the world. There's still a lot of people that do that. A lot of a lot of barbecue restaurants still do that. That's still yeah, kind of yeah. a classic. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, but, you know, so I called him up and he's like, I don't know, just just cook it till it's. Till it's ready. It's like, yeah. well, thanks a lot. Um, and then I got on the dial-up internet uh, and asked a fellow named Jeeves. Um, he didn't know either. Ask Jeeves, man. <laughs> he didn't know. Uh, what is a brisket? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I was kind of winging it. But I do remember that first night. Um, you know, I was in my early 20s. Uh, is that right? Yeah. I was in my, God dang, I'm old. Um, but I remember sitting out in the backyard drinking a Lone Star you know, if you're like, ah, this fire smells so good. This as, is great. And I kind of like, right then the gear started turning a yeah. little bit. And I was like, man, this could be really super duper cool. Um, and I started kind of pipe dreaming about opening up a, a restaurant one day. Yeah. And that was kind of the beginning of Franklin Barbecue. We started having backyard barbecues. And in fact, that first brisket, I played an in-store uh, here in town uh, the next day after I cooked that first brisket. It was terrible, by no. the way. It was the most, I mean, I thought well, it was. Well, all the first ones normally are. Yeah, and yeah. all the, you know, the 10th and 20th and 30th. And, oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, a lot of, you, I'm yeah. bazillions in and I could still make a mistake, no oh, doubt. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even after that, like, everybody came over after the sin store and, like, we had a half keg of beer left over uh, from this thing. It's like, oh, let's go eat this you made brisket. the barbecue taste real good. Yeah. So that kind of, <laughs> we kind of carried on with that tradition of, like, you know, just having backyard barbecues and stuff. And one thing like, led to another, and yeah. they started getting really big. Was it like a weekly thing? or? Um, like, it started off maybe a couple times a year, and yeah. then really we ended up, we would have like one big one every summer. And it was like, you know, Aaron and Stacy's backyard barbecue, nice. you know, whatever year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of people started showing up. So, I, you know, I would hang out at clubs and stuff. So I'd make little handbills, you know, and kind of <laughs> not realizing I was doing like branding stuff, you yeah. know. Um, but like, you know, with all like Googie style logos and stuff and be like, Hey, we're having a barbecue. Hey, we're having a barbecue. And then people like, Hey, it's the barbecue guy. Hey, it's the barbecue yeah. guy. <laughs> um, so in 2009, we finally opened up a trailer. Yeah. Where that, was that? That was, it was up on 35, um, it, between a, uh, a topless bar and an adult video store. Nice. Behind a, an old building, behind a chain link fence with no sign. Was it was it the landlord of one of those? That you no, had no, to... no, no, no. It actually <laughs> wasn't. Uh, but it was this old, you know, vacant Texaco station from the fifties. Sweet. Um, and I remember, like, one of the food critics in town uh, then was like, called us up. And she's like, "You guys are dumb." <laughs> like, yeah. Tell yeah. me something I don't know. This is never gonna um, work out. <laughs> but she's like, "You're never gonna make it. You're behind a chain link fence. You don't have a sign." how are people going to show i'm just giving you some some yeah. unsolicited advice well now like, well i appreciate it but that's yeah. kind of the point yeah you know like i wanted to do this thing and i didn't want too many people to show up i wanted like some time to practice yeah you know and i'd figured out on on you know my spreadsheet that i could feed 15 people a day and totally make ends meet there you go <laughs> it worked out pretty good yeah yeah i mean now this starting behind the chain link fence and you know just start that's how you have to start for the most part you know if you're gonna do the pop-ups and all that well when you have 28 cents in the bank on opening yeah. day yeah you should oh, do. yeah and then that's what your first three years or so doing this every single time you get a paycheck it goes straight back into it oh you paycheck know. what's that yeah you don't get the paycheck everything goes everything that you should be paying yourself goes directly directly back oh, into the totally restaurant. true totally true yeah but anyway, yeah. that's that's the gist of it, I guess. Well, that's really cool. When when was it like? Did you realize that? Hey, man, this is way too big. This is this is too damn big, and I need to put some seasoning on my brisket. Yeah, well, I was already <laughs> doing seasoning well okay. before that, and yeah. you know. But oddly, you know, when we opened up, oh, gee, oh hold for audio. Thank um, you. Awesome. Uh, so South by. 
Um, so, you know, uh, when we actually opened up the little trailer, I probably had only cooked about 10 briskets because I was so not wealthy. <laughs> I was like, I can't afford this brisket. They were like, uh, I think they were 89 cents a pound then. Well, that's that's so long if, gone. If that goes to show how how yeah. many decades ago that was. Well, I like to say that you had a hand in making the prices of brisket go up. I know, and I'm really uh, mad at myself for that. It's a horrible plan. <laughs> I, keep, I keep affecting my own market. It's horrible. It's really not cool. Because <laughs> everybody, everybody, nobody cooked brisket. You know, it was like the, the poor man's cut. You know, it was the... It was supposed to be. Yeah, and now it's $30 a pound. Now <laughs> it's the second most expensive cut of meat on the cow. Wow. As to what's what's tenderloin? One? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's more expensive than a ribeye. That's ridiculous, right? Currently, I mean, that can change. Yeah, tomorrow, it'll but, change. You know. It'll change at some point. Man, will it though? Nah, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm the optimistic guy always. <laughs> I mean, I hope so too. Our our uh, briskets are six eighty nine a pound right now. God, where you where are you getting your briskets from? Who's your who's your guy? Um, we pull from about fifty to sixty ranches between. Kansas and Chicago, Sweet. straight up the Midwest, um, and it's all you know, super dialed in genetics, really regulated feed stuff. They're, you know, free grazing animals. You know, and if we're doing it right, they only have one bad day. We process everything in Kansas on one line. Have you ever heard of Temple Grandin? Yeah. So that HEB documentary that she did a number of years ago, that's where we process all of our stuff. Oh, cool. And that's the first humane um, processing plant in the world. Now there's quite a few oh, now, yeah. after that particular Yet place. again, starting a trend. Um, but I, you know, go up there frequently and, you know, that's, we're, we're very careful. Yeah. Well, I mean, every, pretty much you putting out what, like 110 briskets or so a day, if not more yeah, than that. 106, 120. God. Depends on size. <laughs> that's, this is insane. I know. It's but, crazy. I mean, going from doing your two or your two or three in the backyard to doing that, um, you know, it's, it's not something that's easily recreatable and Good. especially it's not something that's easily uh translated onto somebody else you know yeah yeah, yeah. well got, there, there's a pretty big learning curve in that huge huge and it's what a lot of people do not uh you know they don't take into account the amount of time the amount of labor that goes into making it and stuff so whenever they see the prices you know they're kind of like thrown off by it for a second but then well i think you're past that point but for like a newer somebody well newer, but that's the thing we're still to, like one of the cheaper places in town yeah yeah um, you know, cause you think about like market value for something like, I'm not going to go to a place and spend 50 bucks on a pound of meat. Yeah. That's insane. That's like, that's really expensive. But it's people just, do. it's well, I mean, it's not, I don't not, know that they should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they should. maybe the fact that they are paying that, you know, is why the prices can, can climb that high. Cause it's supporting, um, you know, we charge, we're 30, I think 32, yeah. maybe 28, somewhere in there. Um, but, you know, we really just raise our prices with, like, what's kind of, like, ethically acceptable mm -hmm. and then just take the hit. Yeah. You know? Well, I remember, like, it was a, just a few years ago, 2017 or so, it was $20. for every like most That's when know. Arby's put out that sandwich. Really? Yeah. No way. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Have you had it? Arby's? Yeah. No, the, the, the brisket sandwich from Arby's. No. 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 You're, you're, t you're totally missing out, I have man. not. Here's the thing. <laughs> I don't really eat a lot of barbecue. Yeah, I, I, I mean, around it all the time. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I know like, what you it's mean. It's like Thanksgiving dinner. It's not. And, I I'm mean, just going to have a sandwich. Yeah, I normally do just have a chopped brisket sandwich whenever I do it now. Or, yeah. or a I did eat breakfast. Or, uh, I did eat brisket yesterday, though. It was good. I had some this morning <laughs> for my tacos. So, um, my next kind of thing I really wanted to explore was, uh, you know, there's this meat market style that's kind of known in Texas mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. for, you know, 
you come in, you wait in line, uh, you just go along the cafeteria, uh, you have your, your tray, you tell them what you want, how much of each thing you want, they cut it right in front of you, uh, and you go about your business. And that's how it has been, you know, pretty much the whole time uh, up until maybe two, three years ago, right? I mean, could you say, I mean, for the most part, it's been meat market style. I think, so. I mean, I, I mean, think it's still like that most places. Yeah, but then you've got, um, now you can get your ticket item and you have something that's going to take a little bit, you know, instead of just having brisket, pork ribs, and all that stuff on your menu. Oh, yeah, they're yeah, They're taking, yeah. you know, like say CM Smokehouse, they've got their crunch wrap thing mm-hmm. that they got going on. And, I mean, that doesn't come straight off the line. They've got to go and put that. Well, they got to go buy the bag yeah. of Fritos. Yeah, <laughs> do the whole, the whole situation there. So, um when did that when did that really start well that started um you know that's a a real central texas thing and it's really from like german and czech meat markets you know that's kind of like central texas barbecue is more german czech style um you know influenced from you know africans kind of coming down and doing and then you got like the mexican stuff coming up so it all kind of mixes up in a weird way here in Central Texas, and then you know that kind of goes east, and you know we've got a we've got a lot of barbecue regions here in Texas. Oh yeah. Um, but here in Central Texas, that style of service is from German meat markets, and this okay. is before refrigeration and stuff. Yeah. So they would have grocery stores up front. Uh, people would come up from Mexico to pick cotton and stuff during the season. They would shop at these places, and then you know they didn't have refrigeration, so at the, towards the end of the week, they would have to smoke things as preservation. Yeah. Therefore, they would have to get rid of these things. So people would come in and be like, well, give me a pound of this. I'll take an avocado. Give me a tomato yeah. and a bunch of tortillas. And then hence the the barbecue style of, of like market service. How long can you really expect a brisket to stay after you smoke it and not, you know, not long. Be, able, be able to throw in the fridge? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know I mean? it's preserving, I've, I've got a suspicion Maybe they weren't as delectable as they are these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the health, health it might have been just jerky at that point. I don't know. That's what I've I kind of. Here's the thing: I wasn't actually alive back then. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, along the same lines of, you know, most of these, most of the barbecue restaurants that start up, including myself, um, you know, we start and you kind of mark it. You, you do the meat market style, and you call yourself Central Texas style. You know, so we're trying to emulate what you're doing out here. We kind of, you know the Czech German style of the meat markets restaurant, you know? Uh, so instead of having to go sit down and have a waiter come up and order the food for you and all that stuff, you actually get to go through and, and, and what's, what's the benefits of having that uh, other than, well, you know, I mean, really uh, the barbecue is, is such a, it, it's just packed full of, of volatile chemicals. Yeah. Like they just dissipate so quick. The, the fat oxidizes, you know, so many things are happening. So you spend all this time getting this, this food prepared and everything and then you want to cut it fresh because the second you slice it it starts to die immediately so you want to minimize the amount of time i would never cut barbecue in a kitchen because i don't want the time it takes to cut it put it up in the past get it to the table yeah. all that stuff it's already dead yeah like you got to be quick with this stuff and also they have social media too Everybody well <laughs> you know i mean it's just like you work this hard on it why do you want to let it die at the last exactly. minute exactly. um and barbecue's not at least the way i do it um, is it really meant to be a composed dish? Um, it's meant to be a total uh, loss of money. And <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but, uh, you know, and also if, if you think about like if somebody's under like a shady tree on the side of a highway, they're going to spend all night probably cooking this stuff. It's going to be ready. You're going to hold it for a little bit and then you want to get through it as fast as you can. Yeah. So it doesn't, because it obviously doesn't hold well um, and you want to keep it fresh. So really, 
if you're only one person and you're cooking all this stuff, you haven't slept in 12 hours. Yeah. You didn't sleep that night. You were probably up earlier than that prepping other stuff. And then you just want to not really have any, you know, like mental requirements at that point for service. Right. It's like, hey, how's it going? And you just want to slice it. Oh, you want and, brisket. Here you go. Yeah, or, or like yeah. a scoop of this or like a handful of bread or crackers yeah. or whatever. So I think it really plays into like the service. Oh, I hate to use the M word, but the model um, of just one man show. Yeah. You're keeping it real simple. But then taking it and scaling it up from there. You know, yeah, and that got, allows you to be able to scale. Yeah. And the, but then after you scale it up, you kind of it's still now it's the allure to keep that same that same service style. Um Well, I people. mean, once you're in, you're in. I, There's no going you know, there. And I, I think well, especially for Franklin, I mean, we're we're pretty we're pretty much dialed in. We're we're pretty stuck with what we do. Yeah. Um is there any any plans for um anything else with Franklin's? Are y'all Um no, not really. Not for Franklin specific. I mean, we've got a new barbecue sauce we're we're putting out right now. It's spicy. Ooh, uh, it's really good. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like new sausages and stuff yeah. that we bring in. But really, I mean, our all the smoker spaces. It's such a premium, and we cook twenty four hours a day. Everything is so dialed in. I mean, it's like one of those puzzles where you can only move one piece at a time. Right. That's our restaurant. Okay. If you put the spoon on the wrong shelf, the yeah. whole thing shuts down. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's like the main thing when you're cooking brisket. If you know you mess, you get you cook. You spend all that time cooking brisket, and then you cut into it, and it's not what you expected. You know, you can't go and reinvent the whole way you cook. You got to change one thing at a time. Yeah, 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 it, totally it, true. And that's actually you know the biggest downside to yeah. actually uh, serving. You know, like in the line like that is that you don't know what the inside of every brisket looks like, but the customer's right there. It's like ah, that's yeah, a lot of pressure. It is. Um, you know, if you're in the back. You can you can hide a lot yeah. of stuff and the consistency like you you said 100 and, 108 to 120 briskets and you're not have you don't have a big graveyard at the end of the day you know you've got a, a you're pretty consistent um, with the I, way that they all turn I, out I think we do pretty well yeah is there any because that volume is crazy especially when you're not using something like a rotisserie uh, or something like that oh yeah yeah I mean every we've got five offset cookers back there yeah um, and they're all different. Oh yeah, and every brisket's different. <laughs> oh man, but they're all the same when we pull them off. Yeah, and that's that. Well, that's the beauty part of it, and that's why you know you've had the success that you have now. Well, and we use a lot of salt. Lots of salt. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, what do you think about uh, all of the uh, the the new style barbecue? I think it's really cool. I think it's super cool. Yeah. I think it's really neat. Uh, to see barbecue kind of evolve mm -hmm. um, and to see what, you know, younger uh, people can actually do with it. Yeah. I say younger because I'm in, I'm really only in my 40s. I'm not that ancient, but I feel old. Um, <laughs> when you work 100 really hours cool, a week. But, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I think about the amount of energy that it, it took to do what we do. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, couldn't couldn't do that now. But yeah. I think it's cool to see the next generation kind of coming in and, and doing some cool stuff. Absolutely. Cool. You know, it's you can only do the same thing so many times, repeat the same thing so many times, and there's so many barbecue restaurants. Um, and all we, these different You got to be different somehow. Got to be different. I somehow. mean, when we opened, yeah. we were super different. Yeah. You know, nobody had ever heard of pulled pork no. in Texas. Not, not here. What in tarnation is this yeah. weird stuff? We slice it here. Yeah. You um, mean bacon? But now it's super common. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, like, it's so, a staple. So we were kind of the new thing then. Yeah. You know, that was a long time ago. Um, but it's cool to see what the new thing is now. And I'm, curious to see what the next thing's going to be right so it's like you know my i'm not going to say speak for you i know that i'm not a chef i didn't i'm not classically trained oh, or any I'm of that stuff either. so and, and that's you know you've got a lot of these guys that are seeing 
and coming to taste uh, the barbecue, and it's kind of like changing their life. They have spent all this time in culinary school. They spent all this time doing all this, and now they're able to come in and learn the basics and then take it up to the next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, they're just another step. It, it didn't ha- it's not – you know, it's good the way it is already. That's maybe a lateral move. Yeah. You I, know, but it, it's it's different, and it's really cool. And it's able to bring other folks that wouldn't try just the staples in. You know, uh, the, the folks that maybe, hey, I think just a slice of, you know, pork belly sounds weird. But, you know, if I want to come in and have my Crunchwrap Supreme, you know, I'll come and try that so I don't have to make you pick another restaurant. There you go. I think it's pretty cool. So, how you doing? I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Interesting to uh, to get to actually talk about stuff, right? I, I feel like it's been about two years. Um, it has being in person, not on Zoom. This is great, dude. <laughs> right? And then, uh, so South by didn't even happen two years ago, or yet, no, last year. No, it it hasn't happened the last two years. Yeah. So, so everybody... Austin's pretty excited to to have this thing happening again. Oh yeah, man. And you know, seeing everybody walking around, being able to see their faces, and um, you know. Everybody being being nice and yesterday was you weren't seeing many faces. Everybody had oh, dude, <laughs> it was really cold. Man. What the heck? Cold in March? I uh, know. No. Yeah, I, I cooked yesterday uh, all day, and it was you know how the wind and the cold messes with. I was having hell on that, on that damn fire. Yeah, I bet, <laughs> man. And it, yeah, I, I don't have a sm- I don't have a pit house either. Yeah, and that's the thing, house. you know, like for for people that cook barbecue. Yeah. Not in a restaurant. It's like you always have nice weather. You always have good firewood. You always have the right piece of meat. Yeah. It's never going to rain. Never. Um, <laughs> it's like, man, of course it's great. Ah, oh, this is awesome. And then as soon as you, you know, like start having to really like, yeah. you know, time to make the donuts every morning. Yep. Um, it's like, oh, it's cold. It's windy. It's rainy. This didn't show up. The wood's wet. Ah. Man, it really puts a, it, it, it's really some next level stuff. Yeah. There's, a, I mean, there's so many different elements that go into, you know, this labor of love <laughs> that we all do uh th- one thing goes wrong it can mess up everything you yeah. know but that's also the cool thing about brisket is it's such a long cook yeah. and i think it's the most forgiving of all the meats yep. uh, because of that you know length of time if you start to get a little off and you know what's going on yeah you know, you got a little bag of tricks up your sleeve you know it's like oh I got six hours to fix this. Yeah, that's the learning curve. Is the so that's how our briskets turn out the same every day. <laughs> is we just troubleshoot and guide them as they're going all day. That's nice. How did how was that learning? I mean, you've got your guys in your pit room that you've trained up, or you know you've you've got trained up that know your st- your style, your uh, process, everything. But how did what? How long did it take really for you to turn your just backyard thing into saying like, man? You said that earlier, like, what, like 10 cooks that you were yeah, like, I'm going to open a like restaurant? That. But then where you really knew you had it honed in, you had something special. I, I'm still I'm still honing. Always. I mean, um, you're never going to perfect it, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely gotten better at troubleshooting. Like, I can look every day. We, we take pictures, snapshots of, of briskets from different cookers. We map everything. Yeah. You know, like, okay, position 24, cooker 4. You know, like, know exactly where that's at. Yeah. Um, and I'll look at it, and we'll get, like, cross-sections. Um. And then I can troubleshoot all that. And we're like, okay, you guys are a little too low for the first three hours. About hour five or six, you need to bump up the temps three degrees. Uh, airflow is a little funny. Bog this down. Yeah. And use smaller pieces of wood just from a picture. Wow. That's what I've gotten really good at. So, so I can troubleshoot from afar all the time and then keep us all on track. Because the thing with, with anything, I mean, you do the same thing every day. You start to add a little extra this one day. You yeah. don't catch it. 
little more, a little more. Before you know it, it's like, oh my God, this stuff's so salty, or there's too much pepper, or the smoke's getting dirty, or whatever. Yep. You know, all the problems that happen on this one little piece of meat. Um, you can see it but all. But I'm from like, a I'm the anchor. I'm the North Star. <laughs> yeah. Always. I'm like, okay, you guys are getting a little off on this. Hey, let's dial this back. And so we're constantly just shifting things. Yeah. And if you cook at your house, do you still cook at your house? I cook maybe once every six weeks at home. Yeah. Are you using the same process you've done? Are you doing different? Oh, for barbecue? Yeah. Oh, God, no. I would never cook barbecue. No, I didn't feel like. No way. (laughs) Done with it. I haven't been home for 12 consecutive hours in probably 12 years. Wow. Wow. I haven't been home long enough to actually cook a brisket. Yeah. You got got one of your pits in your backyard still? I do. Um... And I kind of fiddle with it. It's more for, like, book stuff, I guess. Yeah. You're like, oh, let's try this. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I'll don't. just grab a brisket from the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't cook out. No, I do grill a lot, though. Oh, yeah. What's your, what's your favorite uh, steak to, to cook? Well, I tend to, I tend to go leaner cuts. Yeah. Um, you know, on the second book, I learned that I think a New York strip is my favorite piece, mm-hmm. my favorite cut. Um, yeah. Everybody's like, ah, oh, ribeyes are great. Ah, those are, those are my two favorite. Um, but man, the amount of fat that you just can't eat on a ribeye—it's yeah. kind of wasteful. Yeah, the hard fat. Um, I mean, the spinalis, of course, is the freaking delicious yeah, muscle. There's not the enough of it. Um, but I think uh, for me, and just the beefiness um, on a good strip loin, I'm taking it. Yeah. Um, around the house for dinners, we'll do like bavettes and hangers. I kind of like a grainier, more uh, you know, a, a, a grainier, leaner piece of meat with better minerality. Sweet. Are you, uh, wh- how you, what's your kind of process? Are you doing like a reverse sear? You're doing a, eh, just throwing it on the, over it the depends. Pump? It yeah. depends. I mean, something Different small. Day. I mean, just put it on ice cold, salt it right the second you put it on, yeah. um, and just cook it hot, you know, sear it off right up front, let it kind of hang out. I mean, I think, you know, if it was like a hanger steak, I would use a pe- I would use oak. If it was a bavette, I probably wouldn't. Um, you know, I think different, different proteins collect different, chemicals of the smoke in different ways so absolutely man absolutely um, you know and i wouldn't use smoke at all for like a ribeye because it's too fatty it'll yeah. it'll pick up not good and stuff. that's all you'll taste yeah yeah so you know i think i think it changes a good bit uh in the long a chainsaw here. is that what's happening <laughs> he so, can leaf it right there <laughs> oh it's the, it's the leaf blower guy i thought the guy was cutting your wood over there shoot so uh, here pretty soon we're going to open up for questions. I'm sure that a few of y'all have some questions for Aaron here. Um, but if y'all want to start kind of aggregating those, that is going to be close to the time. Ah, I'm so aggregated right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so over the years we've had these um, Texas, Texas Monthly started doing their festivals and their rankings and stuff like that, and they have really grown off of um, kind of kind of your your – brand and stuff i mean i don't know if there's any texas monthly people out here i'm not trying to it, it, it's interesting you know and daniel vaughn and i have, have talked about this quite a yeah. few times over the years um that our kind of trajectories have, have been pretty congruent they have um you know this whole time and you know he kind of got into it right about the same time that we opened okay um and he i remember you know he came through the tra- actually the way he heard about and he's the writer for he's a barbecue guy for texas monthly um but this is when he had a full custom gospel, his original little blog. Yeah. Um, and he was still an architect then. Um, but one of his college buddies lived in a house right behind our barbecue trailer. <laughs> and uh, the, and they came over the first or yeah. second weekend that we were open. They're like, oh, my God, this is really good. Some guy is making barbecue in a parking lot. And uh, mm-hmm. called Daniel. And he's like, hey, you got to get down here. Like, 
we don't know what the heck's going on with this, this food. <laughs> and he came down a couple weeks later. And I remember it was like a day in January. We'd only been open like a month. And um, it was rainy. It was cold. And I was just working it by myself. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of, you know, that was, the, I, I guess, yeah, that was really the beginning of the line was his blog post. This oh, really? Was before Text Monthly. Still. That's really cool. Um, but he did a little review. I was like, oh, my God, blah, 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 this place. Game changer, never. We don't know. This is this is unheard of. What, he was right about happening? that. And uh, I remember I was cooking uh, by myself, of course, because it was one man show, pretty much. My wife kept her job to pay the bills. God smart. bless her. Very um, smart. And then she, you know, started helping on the weekends. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, it worked out. Um, but uh, yeah, I looked out, you know, the through the window of the camper one day. And I was like, ah, oh, sure, a lot of people out there with lawn chairs. What are that's doing? weird. And that was probably like February or March. It was yeah. still pretty chilly outside. And um, I was like, what is going on? You know, I started seeing, you know, on the on the Twitter or whatever there was, Friendster back then, MySpace, I don't know. Um, oh, man. And uh, it's like, oh, what's this blog? What is a blog? Oh, that's weird. And I read it, and, like, all those people showed up because he posted that thing. Um, so here we are not even knowing And then that was is. the beginning of the line. Yeah. Golly. And, then what, that's, and that was... Right after you opened, you said that so. was probably February of 2010. Wow, and it just kept getting it's, bigger and bigger. No, and it's still to this day. That's when I realized I needed more than two briskets a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you st- are you still selling out pretty early? Yeah, about two thirty. Two thirty. Yeah, ish. Right. Give or take five or ten minutes. One hundred ten briskets in three hours, man. It's pretty bonkers. It's impressive. Um, I think we have some questions. Yeah, come on, come on. What you okay, got? Okay, so Brendan, in response to your Ible thread, yeah. um, we did get a response from Cliff with a question for Aaron. Absolutely, thank you. Oh, for me? One moment, give me a second. It's the Ible thread. Bring the question in. Um, I this is not meant to be a joke. I really want to know what does uh, a pitmaster like Aaron Franklin think about? companies such as Beyond Meat and these meat alternative products that are available for consumers more and more every day. Uh, excited to see this answer. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. That is a good um, one. You know, um, I really love the idea of not consuming as much meat. I think as a culture, we consume way... I know this sounds absurd. Coming, um, from, coming from the meat man. But we consume way too much meat. You know, it's we not do. it's not good for our bodies. It's not. I know that sounds stupid. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I think you know, meat alternatives are great. The, my only concern with that stuff is is like I don't really want to eat processed foods. Yeah. You know, like pretty hardcore on like the organic thing. Lots of veggies. Just, I don't like processed foods. I don't eat stuff out of cans uh, because they're just packed full of so much stuff. Preservatives not good for you. Yeah. Um, so I think you know, not all you know meatless meat substitutes are created equal. There's there's some out there that really don't have some great stuff, and there's some that do have some good stuff. Like, I are more, like, on the mushroom grain side of things. Um, but really, I think if, if you don't want to eat meat, just eat vegetables. Just don't, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're delicious. They're so good. Um, but I'm really excited that people are, are coming up with, you know, like, meat substitutes and stuff. I, I think it's pretty cool. Are you ever going to do anything in your restaurant with them? I don't know what we would do yeah. with them. I think, you know, like, I work on, like, you know, veggie burgers and stuff, mm-hmm. like with grains and, and mushrooms, of course, and stuff like that. Um, I don't know that we would ever buy something from another company to serve. It would have to be something that we made in-house. That's, um, that's nice. You know, I don't, you know, it's not like 
you know, we're buying like jugs of potato salad to serve. Like it's all, yeah. it's all pretty from scratch. Oh yeah. Well, that's now everybody's doing it. Now it's, they've got the craft bar. Well, if you have a restaurant, it makes sense that you wouldn't buy something from somewhere else. Yeah. Cause I'm just saying, why would you, <laughs> you have a restaurant? Yeah. You have a kitchen. That was a good question. Cliff. Thanks man. Hey, uh, for both of you, please. Why, why isn't Texas barbecue embraced tri-tip as much as the West coast has? Well, um, it's more of the direct heat kind of situation with the Santa Maria style pits. That's what they, that's what they really are the, <clears throat> that's really what they, uh, really start. We've got our offset smokers and our, and our, you know, big brick pick smokers and stuff. They've got their Santa Maria style and you can't, you throw in a brisket directly on like direct heat. It doesn't act the same way as it would, um, you know, in your smoker, you, it's got to be something that's a lot lower and slower. And uh, with the with the tri tip, it's a little bit hotter and faster. I don't know why it hasn't caught on, but I know I like tri tip. It's great. <laughs> I mean, I, I love tri tip. I yeah. I cook it all the time and do it for events and stuff. It's actually one of my favorite pieces. Um, I don't cook a Santa Maria style though, but I think really if you go back and and you think about the origins of of food and what trees certain regions have, you know. Um, California has different trees than we do here. So we have post oak, which yeah. is kind of what makes Central Texas barbecue Central Texas barbecue. But we also had the oil industry for like old tanks and stuff like that. So that's kind of where, sort of where the, off, and, well, and the German Czech immigrants too, um, like with the offset style of cooking. So that's a real delicate smoking style, indirect heat. Um, and we have the wood that's kind of good for that stuff. So, you know, that, and obviously Texas had cows. And a yeah. lot of them. They don't have so, as many over there on the West Coast. They don't have as many over there. Um, so that kind of comes, you know, like we, we had a lot of beef, and we had offset cookers, and we had the right trees. So that kind of, all three of those things kind of made brisket happen. And, you know, brisket really didn't even happen until the 60s. Yeah. Anyway, when boxed meat came to be, uh, before then it was, you know, like a half steer. Like a barbecue might mean like, you know, like a prime rib. It might mean a tenderloin. It might mean tri-tip. It might mean anything. It might be like... A whole like chuck roll as long as it was barbecued as a verb yeah um it was barbecue so briskets didn't really happen until they were able to start you know shipping meat out and with refrigeration and stuff like that so that really caught on about the about the 60s uh due to the swift train lines um but so in california you know they've got tri-tip but they also have wood that's better to cook on as coals and it's like almond wood and stuff like that they don't have a lot of oak like we have yeah. um, the oaks that they do have, have a lot of tannic acid. So they don't really cook the same way. Um, so anyway, I think it's just cooking style and, and stuff, but yeah, I, I freaking love tri-tip. I though. do too. I uh, just learned something. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a wealth of useless knowledge. <laughs> Bookshelf of nothingness. Yeah. Next up. Okay. We've got a lot of questions coming in. I'm going to, I have about two more for you. Okay. Um, here is one of them. For someone who's starting to smoke, uh, use smokers. Sorry, I want to clarify that. Uh, it's a first filthy habit. Smoker. <laughs> what kind of smoker do you suggest for a family of four? Maybe they cook for 12 people. Maybe they cook for 20. What's a good time, first time smoker? Aaron, I'm just well, I've got a real quick answer to that. It's a Franklin barbecue pit. Absolutely. You pick one up in Franklin. <laughs> um, yeah, about, so I started making a uh, Backyard style, backyard sized offset barbecue pits. It's modeled after the first one I made a real long time ago. That's got a real like specific, you know, smokestack collector. You know the. Which you pioneered. 
What's that? So you kind of pioneered that the collector. I definitely you created definitely that in my backyard. Cre- and I, that's on my pit now that is not a Franklin pit. It really works well. Yeah. Um, so we started, you know, it's been a, quite a few years getting up there, but now we're really starting to put out some serious numbers of backyard barbecue pits. Um, they're just called Franklin BBQ pits. Uh, it'll fit three briskets if it's from the same side of the cow. So effectively, you could feed about 30 people yeah. on those three briskets. Um, or really more if, you know, <laughs> depends on if how you can stretch it. it. It depends on how many sides you've got. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, best cooker I've ever cooked on. I love these things. They work so good. I'm going to have to cook on one. I can't wait. I'll get one. It's nice. Yeah. I, you know, I kind of think, and I've cooked on a lot of cookers. And, oh, of course, yeah. I've built a lot of cookers. Um, but, you know, we build these things out of all-American steel. We roll everything. We laser cut everything. They're so nice. Um, Sweet. Every time I fire one up, I'm like, man. How did I design such a cool cooker? <laughs> it outperforms the big ones at the restaurant. Yeah. Anything else I've ever built. Wow. Man, they just they work so good. What's the website to pick them up? FranklinBBQPits.com. There you go, guys. All right, next one. Okay, uh, big fan, Aaron. Uh, thanks for coming here, and thanks for letting me ask this question. Heck yeah. Uh, it's a two-part. Uh, first one, what's your preferred feedstock for finishing your beef so what do you prefer um is it grass-fed finish uh, what do you want out of their diet what do you want in their diet well so it really just depends i don't think there's like a hard answer to that but i would say grass as much grass as possible but then that gets you into the soil quality mm-hmm. you know and that really turns someone into a dirt scientist you know because the grass is really important i mean whatever these animals are eating is what they're going to taste maybe, like sort of tastes like but like it affects the fat and the fats build in different parts of their their lifespan you know um and different things create different fats and you know the problem is with commodity meat is that these cows they're not treated very well you know and i i want no part of it um but you know if they're like fed you know like super fattening grains and grains are healthy i like grains Uh, i prefer frika that's cool (laughs) Um, but, uh, you know, that, that makes, uh, the fats, uh, kind of form in different ways. So when you have like a really heavy cow or like a heavy brisket, a lot of times it's subcutaneous fat that was formed with growth promotants and that fat isn't good. It's not good for you. It doesn't have good, good stuff going on. Um, but it also doesn't cook well. It cooks at a higher temperature. So we don't want any of that kind of stuff. We don't want a fast growth. So it's more about, uh, a happy, healthy animal that's just free grazing on good grass. You know, and it's not necessarily hay. It changes throughout the year when it's snowing, when it's cold, it's wintertime. Yeah. Things come, it's a super different game. So we don't have the luxury of just having great weather all yes, the time. Yeah, yes, um, not in Texas. No, not at all. I yeah, mean, and as soon as it gets hot, the grass is dead. So, yeah, exactly. You know, you kind of get what you get. Um, yeah. But really, I think, you know, everybody kind of doesn't, it says like, oh, well, we don't want corn. We don't want corn. We know it, corn, it might not be the healthiest thing for an animal. But it really helps a lot. And as Americans, our tastes tend to go to a sweeter, kind of more, like less dialed in, uh, less beefy kind of kind of flavor. Yeah. Um, and of course, this is all like pretty breed specific too. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think grains at the tail end. I mean, if they're hungry, feed them. You know, if there's grass, go with that. If you know, I I wouldn't. I'm not a big fan of like you're like eat eat eat. We need to we need to plump you up, no, fatten exactly. them up. You know, but. <laughs> If they're hungry, let them eat. And if it's grains, that's fine. I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing. I do think animals are a lot better and healthier on just straight grass. But like I said, you don't get the same you don't always way. have that luxury. Yeah. Okay, well, with that caveat, speaking of grass, do you see like any unique finishes like hemp protein or kind of hemp grains to be? You know, I'm not real sure. Um, okay. And I th- so there is 
Um, not on the scale that we do for barbecue because it's just so much. It's got to stay so consistent. Yeah, it's so new. Um, but, I mean, like grass-finished for steaks and fast-cooked stuff because if you think about how that fat, you know, they get a lot of oleic acid from that grass, for, from good grass. Yeah. Um, so that stuff cooks in a different way, picks up different flavors, melts at different temperatures, um, and it's really good for, like, fast cooks. Like grain stuff for long cooks because of the fat, and then... You know, like more specific stuff like olive pomace and stuff like that is super killer um, for like faster cooks. Great question. Thank you. All right. Well, so I got, I got about three grills. I got a smoker, I got a gas, and I got an electric. I'm just starting to get into barbecue. So you're saying you've got gas? A little bit. <laughs> I'm and sorry. It's why, a dad joke. That's why I'm I staying outside. <laughs> nice breezy today. So... Everything I watch on YouTube, everyone that's you know making more videos, is always saying use a mustard binder. Oh, the mustard burns off. You can't taste it. I always taste the mustard. How do um, I get away? What can I use for not using a mustard binder? Well, mustard's kind of like, it doesn't really do anything. And if you're putting so much on there where you can taste it, it's probably too much. Yeah. Uh, really what the idea is, is it's meant to just get the meat wet. And really, you don't need anything. If, you're, if you pull a brisket out of, out of the bag and it's bloody... Use that. That's fine. Um, spritz a little bit of water on there. Like, we'll use a little bit of water at the restaurant. Um, you know, you could use hot sauce. I'm a big fan of splashing some some crystal or something on there. Um, you know, something a little bit of acidity, maybe some vinegar. Outsider vinegar works pretty good, too. Um, but, yeah, really just use enough to make the, the rub stick. If the, if the meat's wet, all good. Thank you. Heck, yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, any more questions? Okay, I have one. Okay, have you ever cured your brisket with coffee? Yeah. No. <laughs> I have not, um, and I'll tell you why. So tell I've done why. some coffee stuff for faster cooks, maybe like beef ribs or something like that, um, that would use a higher temp and a cleaner fire. Um, but coffee, I feel like, and I've tried it. Well, I've not tried it really, like you know, a coffee cure or anything like that. Um, but I've done like some coffee, like ground coffee and rubs and stuff. And I feel like the complexity and all the base notes of coffee kind of fight the heavy notes of the smoke a little bit because yeah. there's not enough brightness to pull out any of those flavors. So they're both kind of fighting each other a little bit. And that's kind of why I stick to just basic salt and pepper mm -hmm. for brisket. But I think it's awesome for maybe something you might cook in an oven without smoke or maybe something you might grill with like more delicate flavors. That's interesting. Yeah. Sounds good. Does sound good. <laughs> that sounds really good. And I, I think we're done. I think we're done. I really, man, I appreciate you coming out here. I know all these people appreciate you. Yeah, okay, I haven't out talked here. to a real person in like two years, so I hope it wasn't too awkward. I'm glad I'm the one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, man. Appreciate Absolutely. It. Yeah.